Well, good morning. Hey, um, if you're brand new here this morning, my name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor. Great to see you here at Connect. Um, I have a little confession to make. A year ago, you never would have heard me say what I'm about to say, because a year ago, I was a cat guy, okay? We had cats. I like cats. I thought dogs were dumb. Um, I know. I'm sorry. I'm being transparent here. Very vulnerable. Um, And then since last year's homecoming parade, my daughter, uh, who loves dogs, uh, over and over, Dad, can we please get a dog? Can we please get a dog? We finally relented, and a few months ago, we got a dog. And um, I'm becoming a little bit more of a dog guy. Um, I'll be honest, he still drives me nuts at times. Uh, I'm not sure how it worked out, because uh, she's like, Dad, I'll walk it. I'll take it outside when he needs to go to the bathroom. I'll do everything. Well, that didn't happen, so uh, I'm the guy now that looks after the dog, but uh, we do like my little dog, Surrey, and uh, a couple of the gals on staff here, they have dogs as well, and last year, they walked in the parade with their dogs, they had nice orange, kind of connect orange bandanas they were wearing on their necks, and they texted me this week and said, hey Dave, I know we're printing shirts for all the people who are walking in the parade, we should get shirts for the dogs. They could have like the service times on the side, the connect logo. And I'm considering it, okay? So, um, <laughs> so when you sign up, if you, uh, if you want to walk with us, feel free to put a little asterisk or a check mark or draw a little picture of a dog just to say, hey, if, if the dog thing happens, we're in. Get us a shirt. So uh, <laughs> we... <laughs> This could very well be the first and last time we ever do it. It'll be on the front page of the Journal Star Parade catastrophe as dogs go everywhere. Um, <laughs> so we'll see how it goes, but I think it'll be fun. So, um, so yeah, sign up. It is a really, it, honestly, it, we've, like Addy said, we've done this for seven years now, and it's just so fun to be out. Because if you live here in Washington, you'll know that next Friday, not this coming Friday, but the following Friday when the parade is, Every single resident of Washington is either in the parade or watching the parade. I mean, they're all there. Everyone's there. You're either on the streets grabbing candy or you're in the parade itself. It's a great um, kind of community event. And I just love that as a church, we're able to be a part of that event, walking with our T-shirts, giving out candy. We give out little footballs. And um, it's just a great way of communicating that message to our community that we, we're here for you. We'd love for you to come and visit. Connect Church started six years ago uh, with a goal to reach you. And we're not going to, you know, stay locked inside our building. We're going to come out in the community and share that message. So it's always, I always get such good feedback when they say, you know, we saw so many people in the praise. They were young and old and kids and dogs. It's amazing. You know, we want to uh, check out that church. So, so sign up for that. Now, isn't it funny that no matter how well things go, no matter how well you do things, that you'll always find someone who can find fault. There's always someone who could be a little bit critical. We've been blessed with this beautiful building, and we love it, and uh, we love every part about it. We love that we can do so much ministry now throughout the weeks, uh, and not just on a Sunday when we were at the middle school. And, um, you know, it's got great facility, great stuff for the kids, great auditor- a great foyer. Here in the auditorium, we've got these wonderful lights and sound and screens and an LED screen. But I've, got, I've, I've heard of people, I've got, no one said this to us yet, but I've heard of people who are like, well, I don't know why you need all those lights and screens and stuff. I never saw an LED screen in the church in Jesus' day. I'm like, well, obviously you didn't, because... <laughs> 
they were a lot more expensive back then. They couldn't afford to put them in churches. I mean, they had them in the amphitheaters, obviously, for the uh, centurions, but in the churches themselves, they couldn't afford them, but they've got a lot cheaper since then. So now, a little church in Washington, Illinois, gets an LED screen. But you meet these people, and, and they'll say, well, when I read the Bible, it was this way, so I don't know why this church is doing it this way. And I think their logic is a little bit flawed sometimes when they bring that criticism. And I'll give you an example of how that is the case. So if you're new to Connect, um, you may have seen that we have various different uh, groups here that you can be involved in. There's different ways you can serve. We have people that help with the sound and the kids. And uh, there's people in the parking lot who are waving to greet you when you come in. But you may be surprised to learn this morning that we don't actually have a team uh, whose job it is to carry the backpack of a centurion. I know, crazy, right? There is no group here that meets regularly and trains and practices, you know, so that they can carry the backpack of a centurion, not just one mile, but two miles. And you might say, well, Dave, why on earth would you have a group like that? Well, because Jesus said we should do that. Seriously, 2,000 years ago, that was a command that Jesus gave to followers of Jesus. You don't believe me? Listen, we can read it together. It's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. He said, if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. So in the middle of this teaching, Jesus is explaining that if a soldier asks you to carry his gear, his backpack for a mile, then you as a follower of Jesus should carry it for two miles instead. So 2,000 years later as a church, why aren't we still doing this? Because This isn't a need today. There's a thing called contextualization. I love the Bible. I love reading the Bible. It's written by dozens of different authors over hundreds of years. And yet still, I find so much truth and relevance within that book for my life. But I also understand that some of it was written to a certain culture at a certain time. So for example, this centurion thing. This was written in a time when Jerusalem was under uh, the rule of the Roman Empire. They were occupied by the Romans, so um, most Jewish people didn't like it. Because even though they had a certain amount of freedom, all the time they were reminded of the fact that these Romans were in charge. So there was actually a law in place that any centurion could pull any regular citizen, any Jewish citizen... If he was marching, if he was heading somewhere, and by law, that citizen had to carry that soldier's backpack. These were heavy. This was all of his gear. They had to carry it for him. Now, the Romans knew that they would get into a lot of trouble. They'd probably have an uprising on their hands if they made it too difficult. So they set a limit. They said, it's only a mile. You can only ask somebody to carry your backpack for a mile. Then at the end of that mile, you can find someone else to carry it the next mile. So this would happen. And the people of of that time, the the Jewish people of that time, they did not like this. So back then, a mile was measured as a thousand paces. And you would would see these people carrying this backpack, and they would be shouting loudly, one, two, three, because once they hit a thousand, that's it. I am not carrying this a single step further. And Jesus brings this revolutionary teaching one day. He says, hey, when they ask you to carry a mile... You should carry another mile. You should go another thousand paces. Now, obviously, that isn't something that Jesus is saying exists forever. You've got to carry backpacks two miles instead of one that belong to soldiers. 
But there's a principle there that he's teaching. We still use the phrase today, don't we? Go in the extra mile. Some of you parents have literally this week said that to your kids. When they took their dishes to the sink and didn't put them in the dishwasher. You're like, listen, let me explain what going the extra mile is. Let's go in one, two more paces, open the dishwasher, put it in there. Let's go in there. So we talk about this principle today that Jesus taught about, but we understand that contextually it's different. So, so why am I sharing all this? I'll tell you why. Because we're about to read a passage from a book called Acts, and it's all about the first church. You see, if you understand church history, you'll know that for thousands of years leading up to the time of Jesus, the people of Israel, the Jewish people, they, they worshipped God through the temple. And, and when Jesus came, he turned things around and a brand new church began. And, and we're a part of that church today. We're a part of the church of Jesus Christ that started 2,000 years ago. And you can read about it in the book of Acts. And Connect Church is really fortunate because as a church that's only six years old, we can, we can say, now, what do we want to look like as a church? And instead of looking at other churches around town or around the country, I want to look to the Bible and say, well, well, when the church started in the very beginning, right after Jesus has died and risen again and you've got this very first church, what did that church look like? And we're going to read here this morning about what that church looks like. But you need to understand this, this idea of contextualization. Because there are some things in the way that the church looked 2,000 years ago that just practically aren't going to work today. But that doesn't mean we're wrong that we're not doing it exactly the same way as they did because there are principles that we're going to look at this morning that existed in that very first church that I passionately want to fight for in our church today. Because even though the church from 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem in 30, 40, 50 AD, looks a lot different than here. I mean, the LED screens are a lot bigger for a start than they were back then. Even though the church today looks a lot different, there are some principles that I think are really important. And I want to talk about some of those principles this morning. So with all that in mind, let's read about this church together. We can read about it in, um, like I said, it's a book called Acts. And Acts is actually short for the Acts of the Apostles. It's a wonderful book. If you ever want to read a, um, a portion of the Bible, a, a New Testament book that's just full of action and full of amazing things happening, Acts is that book. Jesus has died and gone to heaven. The Holy Spirit has come. And now you see the disciples who have been training for three years under the leadership of Jesus. Of Jesus. You see them start to build this brand new church. You see a guy by the name of Paul come upon the scene and you find out how he becomes a follower of Jesus himself. And his role in missions in that, that very early development of the church. But before we get to any of that, we read about the very first church in Acts chapter 2. In fact, if you have a Bible, the heading of this passage I'm about to read is, The Believers Form a Community. That's what was happening. The, the believers were starting to form this community that we recognize now today as church. So let's read this together. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. 
They sold their property and possessions and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So as we read that, there's, there's a few things there in that list that look different in that church than in this church today. And there could be a tendency to get critical and say, see, that we've, we've drifted away from what God intended. But I think as you look with me today at some of these principles, you're going to see that, that some of those principles that were there, they may have played out a little differently in that first church. But they're right here still at the heart of Connect Church, right here in the, in the very DNA there was a lot. We're not going to get to talk about everything this morning, but there was selling possessions. There was miraculous signs and wonders. There was prayer. There was meeting at the temple every single day. But there are three specific principles that I want to pull out this morning because I really feel like, and, and this is a great time to talk about it. Because some of you are considering making this your home. Maybe you came last week for the very first time on our grand opening. Maybe you've been coming for a few weeks now that you've heard that we're here in our new building. And, and you're, you're genuinely considering calling this your church home. Some of you may be making that decision and you're not even sure yet what you believe about Jesus. But you're intrigued and, and you want to continue to come and, and learn more. So what a great introduction. What a great start to our, uh, our first Sunday after our grand opening to just kind of remind people this morning what the foundation is, who we are as a church, what we've grabbed from that, that very first church back in Acts that we think are very important to, to have here at Connect. The first principle is mission. Mission. What, when I look at that very first church in the book of Acts, it's, it's very clear to me that there was a lot going on but everything led towards one mission in particular of that very first church. And you can find it in the very last verse that I read. It says, And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So there was a lot going on. There was prayer. There was eating together. There was miracles, apostles' teachings, all these things happening. But each day... The mission was that there were people being added to their fellowship who were being saved. So what does that mean? And why is that important for us here at Connect? So I love all that God's allowing us to do here at Connect. There are some wonderful men and women who are rising up as leaders and leading um, groups and leading ministries here at the church. And we have more and more to offer when we were at the middle school, we had great things happening on Sundays, but now that we have our own building, there's, there's even more things. There are groups, there are different activities. We have things like Family Fun Fest, and, and I love seeing all these things happen. But I don't want us ever to become a busy church that has lots of things to, to offer people within the church, but we're not seeing people get saved. You see, that mission is really important to us here at Connect. Back at the very beginning, our, our mission and vision was to connect our community to Christ. And that hasn't changed. It's still to connect our community to Christ. It's still to reach our neighbors and our friends in this community who don't yet know Jesus. 
Maybe they never grew up going to church. Maybe they grew up as a kid going to church, but then as a teenager or a student, you know, they, a college student, they decided church wasn't for them, but maybe now they're, they're in a phase of life. Maybe now you're here in a phase of life as a young family and you've got kids of your own and you just start to think through again what it would be like to have your kids in a church situation, to have your kids raised in church. And that's why you're here this morning. That's why some of your neighbors and friends, when they're invited, will come because they're, they're searching. I want to see those people connected to Christ. Because here's what that verse doesn't say. It doesn't say, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship people who had left another fellowship. Now that does happen, and there are people here this morning who used to attend another church and now attend this church, and that may be a geographical situation, or it may be a, um, just a change of church, you know, a change of situation in your life, and, and, and we are absolutely fine with that. But I don't want to be able to look at that situation five years from now and say, man, look how much we grew, because all these people left different churches and came to our church. I don't want that to happen. I want our growth to be primarily because people are being saved. You know what else it doesn't say? Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who decided to start attending the fellowship every Sunday morning for an hour. It uses that word, being saved. That's a little bit different than, than just saying, well, yeah, I go to church every Sunday for an hour. It's great. And we love that you're here. And we love that you're coming every week. And maybe this is new for you. And you're like, Dave, six months ago, I wasn't going anywhere. Just the fact that I'm in church and lightning didn't strike me when I walked in. This is a miracle. <laughs> and that's awesome. And we're glad. But, but I want you to know this morning that just having you here this morning, as great as that is, there's more. Jesus wants a relationship with you. This, this phrase that is used here in this passage of being saved, that's, that's what Jesus is looking for in a relationship with you. I think the, the, the best way I can describe this is imagine you're in the market for a new car and um, you decide you go down to the dealership and, and you find one that you really like. And you ask the, the salesman, can I take it for a test drive? And he's like, absolutely. And he, he gives you the keys and you go off and you drive it for an hour and you come back and you're like, I like that car. That felt really good. I really enjoyed driving that car. And you tell the salesman, I think I might be back next week to test drive that again. And you do. You come back the following week. You take it for an hour. You come back after. I, honestly, I'm really enjoying that car. It just drives well. It's comfortable. I, I'll see you next week. <laughs> this goes on week after week. And finally, if this salesman's any good at his job, he'll, he'll kind of pull you aside and say, hey, I love that you're test driving this car. <laughs> and I love that you're enjoying it for an hour every week. But did you know you could own this car? <laughs> now, there's a cost involved, but... Do you know what the reward is? You get to drive this car all week long. That wonderful experience you're getting you know, for an hour each week, you, you could have that all week long. I've shared that analogy once before, and um, it was such an awesome moment. Case and I, uh, this was early on in the life of our church, we had a family, some friends of ours, who were uh, one of those new families who'd started attending Connect without a church background, and, and they messaged us, the wife, she messaged us that week, and she said, uh, hey Dave, uh, I'm wondering if I could meet with you and Casey, because I think I'm ready to buy the car. And she was ready to say, I, I don't want to just come for an hour on a Sunday morning. I want to understand what it means to be saved, to have Jesus at the center of my life. 
That was the mission back there 2,000 years ago that every day people were being added to the fellowship because they were being saved. And it's our mission today. It looks a bit different, but it's still the center of our mission. There was another thing that um, jumped out at me when I was looking at the, uh, this, this church in Acts chapter 2. One of the principles that looked a bit different back then, but I want to see it today in Connect Church, and that was the generosity. The generosity of those new believers, those people who found this new community that they called their church. It said, didn't it, in verse 44, all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. I was studying that passage a lot this week because um, this is one of those passages where there will be people who will come and they'll say, well, obviously the church today isn't like the church back in Jesus' time. If we were really like that church, we'd be selling everything. We would just be selling our house. We'd be all living together in a, a big dorm somewhere and we'd just give everything to the poor. Now, what I learned this week in studying this passage is that in this particular time, a lot of these new believers, they, it was recent enough that Jesus had died and risen again that they were convinced that any day soon he was coming back. They were convinced that they were living in the very last times. They had nothing left on this earth to be a part of, so they were, they were kind of ready. They were selling their possessions. They were gathering together. They were giving to the poor because they were like, any day now. Jesus is coming back. Now, I still believe that there is a day that will come when Jesus will return. I believe that. But in the meantime, I don't think that what this is teaching is that if we're followers of Jesus, we should be selling everything we own and giving it to the poor. But I do think there is a principle here that didn't end 2,000 years ago. I think we should be especially if we're followers of Jesus here this morning, are people who hold very loosely to what we own. That we should be a people who say, God, I want to be known as a follower of Jesus for my generosity. I want a, a hallmark of, Dave Jane wants a hallmark of Connect Church this morning to be that in this community, whether you are um, a churchgoer or not, that people know of church, Connect Church as a generous church. I was uh, interviewed this week for a, a podcast, and the guy who interviewed me uh, asked about the story back in 2013 of us uh, as a church during the tornado. So September 2013, we launched. I can remember meeting with uh, the police chief at the time, the mayor, some of the community leaders saying, hey, I'm Dave. I'm the pastor of this new church. Uh, we're we're going to be starting here soon. And, and we're really hoping that as a church, we'll be able to give back to this community. We'll be able to help and be generous. I'm thinking like maybe we could help with some backpacks, back to school. Two months later, the tornado comes. And now all these leaders in the community are coming back saying, hey, we're ready. <laughs> and I'm like, well, Here's a backpack. <laughs> but it was a fantastic time for us back then as a church because um, through the wonderful giving of people locally and even friends of mine who were in uh, ministry in other churches around the country, knowing where we were at, they, they sent cash. So in a short space of time, we had about $50,000 in our tornado fund. So we were able to start meeting with people in the community and meeting needs and, and showing generosity. It was such an amazing time. I got to sit with families who had been impacted by the community and say thanks to the giving of people at Connect 
and people who are familiar with us at Connect, we can help you meet that need. And I feel like that's been a part of, of who we've been ever since. I love the generosity that I see from you as a congregation. Whether it's giving books to a, uh, a book drive at um, a school in District 50, or whether it's uh, donating money or donating supplies, whatever it is, you always step up. I was, because I knew I was talking about this this morning, I was listening to Andy as he was preparing for us to take the offering. And, and he was saying, you know, thank you for your generosity. Thank you to those who give on a regular basis to support the mission of Connect Church. And I hope we say that enough because we truly are grateful for those of you who do give faithfully and help us as a church to then give to others to support the ministries here locally, but also to make a difference in, in Washington, the United States, and the world. You know, I was thinking about generosity in the context of Connect Church. How each Sunday we, we, we make our offering part of the service and people can give here in the offering. They can give online. There's an app where you can give. There's many ways you can give. But what, for the rest of my life, I think will continue to blow me away was just over a year ago when we talked about this opportunity we had to buy and move into a brand new building. We presented this platform called Together for Washington. And we said, the only way we're going to be able to get in here is if um, a group of people will be willing to step up and give over and above. And so many did. I think on that weekend, it was about 140 different individuals and families said, we want to be a part of that. And since, many more have done that. And I want to share that this morning because I want some of you to know that before you even got here, somebody's generosity, somebody's sacrificial giving helped create this space. They helped prepare a way for you to be here this morning. And I share that because you can give as well. This Together for Washington platform, you can still give to that. It's going to go on for another 20 months. It was a three-year commitment. So when you give, you could be preparing for someone who still isn't here. But you're saying, I believe that, that as I give, my generosity is actually helping for a family who aren't yet here. Because there are some families here this morning in this building because others gave before. So generosity, huge part of that first church, huge part of Connect. But the, the big one that I see... Andy alluded to this earlier in the announcements, and this is what I want to kind of finish on this morning, is the idea of connection. The idea of connection. This is the one I really want to emphasize because this is what I saw so prevalently in that very first church. That sense of connection, that togetherness as they met in homes and they ate together and they met regularly. There was a connection that was taking place in that first church that we won't get right now if we just come for an hour on a Sunday morning. Now again, if you're here, this is brilliant. I love that you're here. And maybe for you, just coming for an hour on a Sunday morning is already leaps and bounds from where you once were a few months ago, six months ago, a year ago. But if you want to experience that same kind of connection that that very first group of people experienced in that very first church then it's going to need more than just an hour on a Sunday morning. Now again, 
from a contextualization point of view, I'm not going to suggest that you need to meet every day in someone's house and eat dinner with someone in the church, you know, day in, day out, just like they did then. But there are ways to achieve what they experienced through that connection in the context of, of life here in Washington, Illinois in 2019. Two of the biggest ways we offer here at Connect is through teams and through groups. Through teams and through groups. So there are serving teams throughout this church. They help with the kids, the technology, the coffee bar. There was a great, last weekend was so busy. We had three services. We had hundreds of people come through. So our, our brew crew, that's our coffee team, they, uh, they were working hard back there. And I loved someone post a Facebook post on Monday morning. And it was two people that served together on that team that didn't really know each other that well and then got to know each other that morning. And just they were saying, hey, we had so much fun hanging out together, getting to know you. We're a large church. And it can be easy to come in on a Sunday morning and feel like you're kind of lost in the crowd and then leave and never really feel like you ever made that connection. But some of our teams where people serve, it breaks that group down to a smaller size. And now people who are just, who are just, who are making coffee every week, they're getting to know one another. There's someone now who knows their name, who they're connected to. Andy showed you those cards, didn't he? They're in the back of your seats and maybe you've been coming for a while now and, and now's the time to say, ah, this is really kind of scaring me, but contact me. I want to know if there's a way that I can serve somewhere here. I guarantee you won't, be, you won't be disappointed. It's a great way to get connected and get to know new people. But that's not the only way. The other way is through groups, and that's a big emphasis of this morning. When we get done, we're going to give you some instructions of how you can learn more about the groups that are on offer here in Connect Church. But from the get-go, we've always had this philosophy that groups are a great way of getting connected and growing in your relationship with Jesus. Whether that be growing to learn more about who he is, maybe coming to that point of making that decision of being saved that we talked about earlier. Or maybe you are saved here this morning. Maybe you are a follower of Jesus and you want to grow more in your relationship with God. You want to get stronger in that relationship. Groups are a great way to do that. I just believe that growth takes, better, takes place a lot better in, in circles than rows. Right now, you're all sat in a row, and you're listening, and I'm talking. And I like that. <laughs> but there's no interaction. There's no growth. There's no... Uh, actually, Dave, just go back a second. I want to learn more about that. Tell me more about what you meant when you said that. But in groups, that happens. In groups, we're in a circle, and we're studying together and we're learning together and we have a chance to interact with one another and ask questions and, and specifically learn about a specific thing that's relevant to us. So groups are a great way to learn and to connect. And, and I think what I saw in um, that first church, that connection that was taking place in homes and, and with, I think God wants to still do that in the church today. And our groups is a great way of doing that. So this morning, we're kicking off a lot of new groups. I'm hoping that every one of you will be able to find at least one group that may be relevant to you that you might be able to connect with. And can I say that I'm going to keep talking about groups here, very matter-of-factly, but I do understand that for some of you, that is a huge step to take. 
I can remember Casey and I, we, we ran a small group a couple of years ago, and there were some wonderful couples in this group, and we were talking about different things, and um, it was early on that we first met one another, and one of the guys in the group, the husband, we were asking you know, what he, how he was feeling about the group. He goes, I've got to be honest, he goes, this is the first time, and he was you know, in his 40s, he said, this is the first time I've ever been in a situation where I've sat in a small group of people like this and talked about my faith. I don't think I've ever been in a situation like this before. And he liked it. It was a good thing. <laughs> so I get it. I know that, that stepping into a group is a big step to take for some of you. But I think you're going to find that the connections you make, the way that you see yourself, it, it, it's going to be a good thing. So with that in mind, let me give some practical direction here on some of those groups. So we have a lot of groups that will be starting up here in the coming weeks. A lot of new groups, a lot of groups that we're repeating that we've done before. So I want to tell you about a few of those groups this morning, just so you're really fully educated on what is on offer. So one of the groups uh, that we've done a few times before is called Alpha. Alpha is fantastic. And if you're here this morning and you're kind of not sure where you fit in or what, wherever you find yourself, this is the group for you. This is a great starting point group an entry point group. This is a great place to start because it's very kind of non-threatening. It's not in someone's home. We meet here in the building on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. There's a video that, that we watch together and then there's just a chance to talk together. There's normally food involved. Who doesn't like a group with food? I mean, let's be honest, if just, just for that it's worth coming. But you get to talk about some of these things and, and no matter where you are in your journey, I guarantee you, you'll, you'll leave that night learning something. And the whole philosophy of Alpha is over, I think it's a 10 or 11 week class, over the 10 or 11 weeks, it basically just tries to explain what we believe as, as Christians, what it is that the Bible teaches, you know, what is it? Because maybe you've been going to church for a while and you still aren't really sure about, you know, who wrote the Bible? How does it so many people wrote the Bible? Why are there other gods? Why is there all, you know, all those kind of questions. It talks about a lot of all those questions. Great place to start will be Alpha. Another group you could sign up for is Financial Peace. Financial Peace, we've had some fantastic stories come out of this group. People who have been struggling financially or people who aren't struggling but just want to get a handle on that whole debt and budgeting and that kind of thing. Again, videos followed by some discussion but a great class. And, and I say class because it's more of a class format in that you watch a video, but it's still like a group because then after the video, you sit together and talk about it. Another, these next two are brand new here at Connect, but we saw these as needs here in our church. One is on gifts, callings, and passion. So maybe you're here and you're a follower of Jesus and, and you want to learn more about why God made you the way you are? How do, what's my role here in Connect, in the world? You know, what is it that, um, that set, made me unique that I could take God, that I could take and, and have God help me use? And here's another. I'm, I'm really excited, really happy that we're starting this one. This is a, a special group just on the area of divorce care. You know, we recognize that we meet all sorts of people here at Connect from all sorts of backgrounds with all sorts of stories. And very often we'll meet families that are blended families or have come from a, a second marriage. 
And this could be a, a, a difficult situation for someone who's coming to church because they can't help but you know, bring some of that, that story with them. So this group, there's a, a curriculum, you'll go through it together, and the couple who are leading it, a wonderful couple, who have been through a similar journey of their own, and, and it'll just be a great opportunity to talk about that. So there are, there are four groups that will all take place here in the building. And then outside of that, we've got groups that are... Um, Continuing on, that are tailor-made to specific groups of people, men's groups, women's groups, young couples, young families, groups that are open to anyone at any stage of life. And then on top of that, next week, we're going to start a brand new series called Follow. And throughout this series, we're going to have questions ready every week. So if you don't find a group that you like, you fit into, start a group. For the next eight weeks, you could grab a few friends and maybe you, you meet some, some friends before work each, uh, each week. You know, once a week you meet and you go through the questions. Maybe you, um, you might be some mums here, you know, and you want to just get together during the week and the kids can play together and you can get, go through those questions together. But we want to create as many opportunities for you to find a place to fit a group to connect with. And here's why. Just a couple of weeks ago, I got to... Um, facilitate a wedding, and it was a Sunday afternoon wedding, and uh, it was actually the Sunday before Labor Day, and it was a great wedding, it went really well, and um, on the Labor Day, on Monday, there was a bike ride that had been organized by Joe Russell, if you're familiar with Russell's bike shop here in town, every holiday, July 4th, uh, Labor Day, Memorial Day, he does this big bike ride, it's about a 40-mile bike ride, and um, I'd planned on going on this bike ride. So I go to this wedding, and uh, Joe Russell and his wife happened to be there. And another guy that we ride with called Mike and his wife, they were there as well. They were sat at a table near me. And I have to be honest, Sunday evening, I'm eating some really good food at this wedding. I mean, like mashed potatoes, chicken, like a lot. And I've got a plate full. I mean, buffets, I'm, I'm in trouble anytime there's a buffet, because I'm going to fill that plate. And I come back to the table, and I'm halfway through, and Joe walks by, and he's like, you're still riding tomorrow, right? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then they bring out the cake. They got cupcakes and carrot cake. I mean, you can't have one or the other. You've got to have both because they were amazing. So I'm sitting there with a bit of cupcake, a bit of carrot cake, and Mike walks by and he stops. He goes, you're still riding tomorrow, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Monday morning, my alarm goes off about 5.30. I didn't want to ride at all. <laughs> Nothing in me wants to get up and ride a bike. But you know what? I knew that Joe and Mike <laughs> were expecting me. That I said to them, yeah, I'll be there. Just that little connection with them is what it took to get me out on my bike the next morning. <laughs> and the same thing happened as does every time. I get there and I feel pretty good because I look around and there's a group of people and there's a few guys there that are way older than me and I'm like, I'll be fine. <laughs> and they just keep riding and riding. <laughs> I get about 20 miles in and they're stopping and waiting for me. <laughs> and I think the cake was more to blame that day than anything else. But there's just something about that, that connection, that accountability that, that sometimes you don't get if you're just here for an hour on a Sunday morning. But if there's someone who knows your name, someone that you're connected to, we've heard so many stories throughout the years here about how connect groups have impacted individuals in this very room. They've welcomed people who are not only new to, to Washington, but new to this whole area. They've been able to celebrate one another's successes, recognize and give thanks for, for those joyful times in life. 
But we've also heard from groups that we've had that they've been a place where people have been able to lift one another up during the storms that life can bring. To remind each other of how we can anchor ourselves to God in the midst of the difficult times. A safe space to come and enjoy community with one another. Because I think we all need someone to say, hey, you're riding tomorrow, right? So this morning, when we get done, I'm going to pray here in a second. Out in the foyer, there are some tables with information about all the groups. The sign-up sheet's there for the homecoming parade as well. So don't rush off this morning. Stick around for a bit. Check out the groups. And maybe this morning, you've been coming to Connect long enough where you've realized, you know, I, I want to go just more than just, just Sundays for an hour. I want to know what it means to get connected here. Maybe it's filling out a card and looking for a place to serve. Maybe it's joining a group. Maybe it's signing up for Alpha to learn more about what it is that people who call themselves Christians actually believe. But I want to find a way to get connected. Because when I look at that church 2,000 years ago, even though it looks a lot different than the church today, there was a connection there when they met together and ate together and, and worshipped together. That is more than just an hour on a Sunday morning. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And we love that you've, you've designed us in a way, Lord, where, where that connection with one another can help us grow, can help us stay accountable, can help us when we're on the mountaintops and can help us when we're in the valleys. So, Lord, I pray that people who are here this morning, who are finding Connect to be their church home, will realize that Connect is more than just the name of the church. It's a philosophy that we want people to not only connect with you, but to connect with one another. Help them find a place where they can fit in this morning, a group that they can join, someone where they can learn more about you, learn more about themselves, and maybe even make some new friends and some new connections. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.